Once again, it's on. A kinesthetic is the podcast, the shooter's role, one of the shows. I'm with my man via Skype. Uh, the smoothness. How are you doing, baby? What's going on, B? How are you doing, man? I'm good. Keeping it safe. Um, just want to shout out to everybody on the front lines doing their best to keep the virus under control and those obviously uh, um, who have lost loved ones, you know, sending out love and prayers and just, um, you know, praying for the world in this time and, and hoping everybody is uh, is uh, making it through. No doubt. No doubt. Crazy times, man. Really crazy times. Yes. Really, really. Crazy. Yes. Um, but we have an opportunity now to talk about something that's very special to our heart and someone that is... Uh, very special to our heart. Obviously, we're talking about The Last Dance, directed by Jason Eyre, the uh, look back at the great Chicago Bulls team and the season. We're, of course, talking about Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Um, the GOAT! The GOAT, the GOAT, make no mistake. Um, the interesting thing about Jason Eyre, the director, is he also directed that excellent Fab Five documentary about the Wolverine squad, Jalen Rose, and... Uh, Chris Webber, Joanne Howard, you know, the Fab Five documentary. You you saw that documentary, right? I didn't realize it was by the same guy. The same guy, man. And I love that documentary. Obviously, a fan of the Fab Five as well. And he's the director of The Last Dance, uh, nice. which episodes one and two dropped the last 48 hours. And um, where I wanted to start with you is, is under what circumstances did you allow... Michael Jordan into your life. Where were you when you became aware of someone called Michael Jordan? Um, I was still, we were still in exile. I was in Zambia. Um, I was young, man. I must have been about, what, 10, 10 years old? Yeah. Yeah, I must have been about 10. And uh, the, you know, the, the US, uh, while you're in exile, people used to send through, like government, listen to me, government, the ANC used to get, because they had partnerships with guys overseas and, um, um, and, 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 you know, different people would just send stuff to, to people in exile because obviously, you know, they were, you know, we were struggling, we were isolated. So, um, we'd get videos, we'd get like, they'd send clothes and, you know, things of that nature, like literally like bulk, you know, <laughs> like bulk, bulk, bulk. Yes, yes. We'd have to like yeah. piece together shoes and things of that nature. I'm not even joking. It was, it was literally like that. They, there was actually mm-hmm. a name for it, but, um, I can't remember exactly what we used to call it. I was a bit too young. Yeah. So the one time I, my brothers had actually collected some videotapes from one of these, I'm going to just call them barrels. And um, one of the tapes had Bulls games, just, just Chicago Bulls games. At that point in time, this was the first time I'd ever seen this game called basketball. And um, I just sat there and I, and I, and I, went in man i just went in on these games and it was a bulls game it was michael jordan and he just stuck out you know i'm watching this thing i'm not too sure what it is but there's one person here that i can just see is just really you know is head above <laughs> head and shoulders above the rest i'm watching everybody but this guy yeah i see this whole thing but who's this guy you know what i mean so um yeah that was that was how i got introduced uh that's how i got introduced to mj man well we we had a we're growing up um the one of my one of my dad's uh family friends he lived um 
he had a job with the World Bank and he, uh, during the summer, his children would go and visit him in, um, you know, in the States. Mm. And they would always come back with stuff. So they'll come back with VHS, which had all the latest music video, you know, that they taped. And then, and then, and then they brought back all these other things. And at that time, which is kind of still this time, because of the region code NTSC, you know, we had PAL VHS. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, we, we, yeah. Had to, we had to go to their house to watch these things, right? Should I remember? My- <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Throwback. Hey, man, the, 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 the region, the region game, the region game is real. It's like, what do you mean? What do you mean we can't watch these things on our PAL Seacom VHS machine? <laughs> and, um, and, and we'll go to their house and watch and watch the stuff. And one year, they came back with um, Come Fly With Me. And he put this Come Fly With Me VHS. I remember it clearly. They, they, they put the thing in and it started. My name is Michael Jordan. Dada. The next day, in slippers, we were on the basketball court. In slippers, we were on the bus. I was like, this, this thing this guy is doing, we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and we were on the court in slippers, bruh, wow. chucking the ball at the hoop, saying, oh, it's not that easy to do these 360 things. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're lucky. Where, um, I had to wait until I could see a hoop. They hadn't, I'd never even seen a hoop before. <laughs> so it took like a year before I even saw one, you know? Wow. I mean, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's amazing. And, and he, and obviously for me, you know, he, He's just the standard by which all is measured. And a lot of his life lessons I've, I've taken into my work, you know. And so to have something like The Last Dance is almost like just firstly, he, I don't think he needs, he, he is, his, his credentials are already established, but to really, to go through this again, what do you remember about that particular season that's chronicled in the documentary, uh, 1997 to 98 that year? What do you remember? Um, look, I, I think I've told you this before. And if not, then I guess, it's, you know, here's a little time drop. I actually was not, I was a huge MJ fan, obviously, when, like I said, when I, when I, when I was introduced to the game. And then um, came back to South Africa, started playing basketball, came back to SA, still a huge MJ fan. And then he left, right? Yes. When he came back to basketball, I had already now started to play. And then I became a Penny Hardaway, like, diehard fan. Then I was like, nah, you know, this MJ dude can chill. This Penny guy, that's the guy. So I then became a little what? bit of an MJ. I'm telling you, I became a little bit of I an MJ Penny. hater. <laughs> you became an MJ hater. Okay. <laughs> but it was it was similar to like the Kobe thing where, you know, I literally consumed everything that he did. But I was just like, yo, man, nah, but this guy, this is the guy. But Penny Hardaway is the guy, you know? Yeah. So Penny was great. Penny was great. Penny was great. Penny, And I just loved his game. And I wanted to model my game after him. What happened was when MJ came back, remember that they lost to to the Magic. Orlando, yeah. So yeah. that got me yeah. even more hyped. And then I was like, you see, he ain't that nice. Um, and then, you know, 96 happened. <laughs> you know, 96 happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally, I remember the day when I was watching, I think it was, I think it was the one of the finals games. And... Um, 
I literally said to myself, like, who the hell am I kidding? This guy is the greatest of all time. <laughs> and at that point in time, remember, Penny was still was still rising. He was still ascending. Yes, 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 yes. But this dude was just, you know, I just couldn't believe the things that he over he could overcome. You know, like every time yes, yes. people like myself were like, nah, he ain't that great. He just took it up a notch. And I just couldn't understand how this person is doing that. Every single time. So to answer your question, when it hit now 98, now I'm back. Now I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm back. I'm MJ's the guy. Like I'm now back on on um I'm, I'm back to reality and MJ is, is is the number one dude. So I remember watching that season with a lot of excitement because I, I was back to my senses and MJ was was the GOAT. <laughs> so that's what I remember about 98 was just being like, almost like looking at myself in the mirror, like, what the hell were you thinking? Come on, let me look at this guy. It was, it was so like everything. It's almost like I was watching as a new fan because I had reestablished my love for him. Yes, yes, yes. It was just like, oh, you know, oh my goodness, this guy. I mean, oh my, uh, come on, man. You know, 98 was, was actually a dope year because... I almost it is like my I re, my my love for him was reignited. So with everything that yes. happened, I mean you can imagine that by the end of the season, you know, couldn't can you know, can nobody tell me nothing, man. <laughs> like but. that's so interesting to hear you say that because it's it's and it's and of course, it's again testament to him. Like I I'll probably say he was always he was he was he was just I've stayed so consistent it's not even funny. It's like Never been wavered, but obviously great players have continued to come, and the game continues to give us new faces. But for me, it was the it was the singular, and when, and when we talk about Dennis Rodman, I'll say something similar. It was this idea of excellence, this idea of I'll never take the night off. I will always give it my all. So it, for me, it was not just about basketball. And when he spoke about basketball being a teacher of life, sure, I always took those things. Um, you know, and then also for me, what was interesting about him was the, 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 the culture. So Spike Lee being one of my favorite directors and Spike Lee directing those Jordan commercials. Yeah. And, you know, Spike Lee using him in, you know, in, in she's got in, in his first film, she's got to have it. And, yeah. and that relationship and how that character from she's got to have it became this character in the, is it the shoes? And so, so. So the world of Michael Jordan became very interesting to me. So beyond basketball, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, the beauty of this documentary, which um, uh, ESPN Films and Netflix uh, episodes one and two dropped this past uh, on Sunday. Obviously, the rest of the world could see it yesterday, Monday. Um, the the And every week from here on out, so... Uh, April 27th, May 4th, May 11th, and May 18th, we're going to be treated to this documentary. The first two episodes, what did you, what was surprising for you? Um, what was surprising? I think because I have consumed so much MJ stuff, whether you and I have, um, I, I was wondering what, you know, whether, how can I put this? Obviously, I was excited about it, but I, I I wasn't too sure whether there was gonna be anything I was necessarily going to like learn. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I almost consider myself the converted. You know what I mean? Um, so and I yeah. think I know everything Bulls, and I think I know everything MJ. Yes, yes. And watching the first two episodes, I realized that you know I don't know everything Bulls, and I don't know everything MJ, and that's and that was exciting for me. Like it, it's it's almost like it's a like I'm watching a soapy. 
You get what I mean? It's like I'm mm. watching a soapy. I've got that mm. excitement of watching a soapy, and you would think that you've seen the soapy before, so you wouldn't be as excited. But in this case, like I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm involved. You know what I mean? I'm so engulfed in this thing. So, um, the surprising thing was just the little tidbits, I guess, that I can see that I picked up already from episodes one and two. But I'm excited about what else is going to come through, you know, in the next eight, uh, eight episodes. I mean, it just looks like it's going to be very informative. You know, I like that. I like the behind the scenes type of access that we're getting, you know, the visual behind the scenes access. You, you heard certain rumors, you'd hear certain things here and there, but now you have live people, people that you that you're now you know fully aware of that are coming in and giving these behind the scenes you know takes and you actually have the actual video footage of them in the locker rooms phil jackson slamming the door on people you know you were getting other elements of phil jackson i think that we we would never you know we would never have seen you know what i mean absolutely and um i want to say the one thing about the film which i the doctor the, the the documentary that i like the idea of and i also watching in episodes one and two and and listening to both the producer and the director talk about it is that is that this documentary could happen in this time because there's also this ability for you know there's more room for longer form you know we're talking about 10 hours yeah so so the the idea with the footage is that you've got the footage but you also have an opportunity to really peel back the layers so in this time you can really go behind the scenes. You can go behind the curtain. You can give it a treatment. Obviously, there are other, there are other, you know, there's, you know, this season was covered. If you know, we all watch Michael Jordan to the max, yeah, which is also great, right? Um, um, but the opportunity here is not only that we can look at the season, but you have all the participants also looking back. Sure. And one of the devices that I really liked was when the director was, you know, they would show Jordan the, the iPad or the, you know what I mean? Like the, so that, so that you're, you're having this, you're having this conversation with the past and the present. And at the same time, so much time has passed. So everybody, everybody has a really clear perspective on what, on what happened. I get you. Yeah. That's dope. Like the part with his with his with his uh with his mom where she's reading out mm. the letter. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Listen, the stamp game. Uh-huh. People people mustn't I mean everyone's like stamps. I'm like I remember being in boarding school uh-huh. and at and at that time you really needed stamps. Like if you didn't have the in you know the right amount of stamps, that letter is not going anywhere. <laughs> um and 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 even they had they had a thing where you could buy an envelope that already had stamps, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like you could buy the one. And so, so, so my parents would, when they write your letter, they'll put that one inside the envelope so that you can reply already having the stamps. It was real, man. <laughs> <laughs> People don't know. People don't, they don't know. know, man. <laughs> and then my frustration always at that time was that the letter would take two weeks, three weeks. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this. Take two weeks, three weeks to get to where it's supposed to get to. The minute, the minute email was brought into my consciousness, I'm like, you see, this is what I needed when I was in boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever recall ever sending a letter. Um, well, you're young. You're young. You're young. You're younger. You're younger. You know. No, no, no. You, you missed that. You weren't put to the trauma of like, hey, I need a stamp. <laughs> and then and then they'll do the thing where you couldn't use the stamp again because obviously they've put a thing on it. So that time now you're trying to, you're trying to like, do you think they'll notice that this stamp has been used before? <laughs> <laughs> real 
man. Always trying to um, hustle, obviously. But anyway. Hey, man. <laughs> um, you know, shout out to to Adam Silver and the team. Adam Silver obviously is the NBA commissioner now, but at that time, he wasn't. And but he obviously still worked for the NBA. And having the presence of mind, Adam Silver, and also um uh Andy Thompson who is brother to Michael Thompson and uncle to Clay Thompson. So NBA entertainment producer Andy Thompson at the time pitched the idea to Adam Silver and executive Greg uh, Greg Winnick. Like, if this is the last season of these guys, we should follow them around. They went and they said, Adam Silver said, okay, check with the Bulls that it's okay. It turned out that it was fine. And they agreed that the only condition was that they will never release the footage unless everybody agreed. And and that foresight is what's giving us this uh, this moment we have in in time now. So for many years the footage was there and it, it took on this mythical quality. And different directors came, you know, Frank Mar- producers, Frank Marshall, Spike Lee, even Danny DeVito. Everyone came to try and make it work. Um, and and again, it's a testament to. It's it's only this is the right time for this documentary to come out. Like you know what I mean. Like this is the right time. And 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 obviously being a filmmaker, that journey of that footage is very interesting to me. But yeah. I really salute everyone who 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 while it was on ice, still kept the dream alive. <laughs> sure, sure. Damn, that's dope. That's really dope. I had no idea. Yeah. Spike, I'm surprised Spike well, didn't get it, go. man. Spike is MJ's guy. Well, look, I think I mean you know he would have to he would have to weigh in on on what happened there. But I think I think a project of this magnitude, even when they did get the green light, so eventually um, the producer uh, Mike Tollin and he and he produced uh, Coach Carter and he also produced uh, the Iverson documentary. Mm-hmm. But from the moment the moment they they from the moment they got the green light to when they actually started shooting, two years passed huh. and even the director Jason Ayer had gone on to do other things and he himself had to meet Michael Jordan and when he met Jordan the first thing he was he said like why do you want to do this documentary and Jordan said I don't <laughs> 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 um, and and so so even even that journey even that journey still even once they knew they were once Jordan had given his um his approval it still took two years before they got it off the ground. And in fact, he was interviewed three different times. But so the journey of even making the film has been a long time. And obviously it was supposed to be released during the finals and they've, they've pushed it forward. Episode two focuses on Scotty Pippen. Let's just talk about episode two a lot. How did you feel? What did you learn new about Pippen? I, I thought that that was a very, again, I love, I love the structural choices they're making in the documentary. Um, and I thought it was pretty brave to begin the episode with Scotty Pippen and take us back. What did you learn about Scotty? Um, shoot, look, I've, I've I've always loved Pippen as a player. Um, it's uh, you know we we knew these things. And that's why I say the documentary is dope because even with some of the things you you did know, just the visual and maybe it's just the visual stimulation of it or whatever. It just kind of brings it. It, it makes it hit home even harder. So the, the troubles and the issues around Pippen and just how undervalued he was, you know, it, it just, it, it, it became, yeah. for me, that was the, 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 the glaring thing around it was, shit, this guy was, I mean, I, I always figured Pippen, I mean, when Jordan left, I was one of the people that thought he was probably the best player in the league. Um, 
Um, during that that season when he won the the, the All Star MVP and the Bulls almost made it to the to the finals, um, yeah, you know he was boiling out of this out of this world. So I just didn't, you know, the thought that he was probably one of the un, the least paid players, let alone in the league in the, on his team. I mean, it it, it was just it's, it's it's really just mind blowing, you know. So um, for me, the 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 glaring part of that particular episode was just the narrative around the undervaluing of Pippin because you know there's there's always been this narrative of Pippin being a crybaby I'm sure you know this right so you know the migraine thing and you know he's always Pippin is hardcore but at the same time there have been many instances where he has uh, I don't want to say let the team down but you know you can yeah, yeah. there's the points where I just feel like he could have you know just kind of sucked it up a little bit and, and rolled up his sleeves and, and just got on his grind you know um, but Seeing, you know, getting the information that we got now, it, it 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 makes you really almost feel for the guy. You know, I mean, this guy was playing on the most the most popular team in the world, um, alongside the highest paid athlete in the world. You know, in history. So um, for him to be going through that, knowing that he's you know one of the best players in the league, but just not getting his 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 due. Um, you know, it kind of hit home a little bit, man. It was a bit, uh, a bit, a bit tough to you know to watch. You almost fell for the guy. Yeah, and I think to your point, what it is, what what was, what I mean, like you say, we. I remember, I remember all this time because I even remember. I'm sure in my brain somewhere, I remember even a game and 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 um, some you know one of the people who commented on the game saying, "Pay the man, pay the man, pay the man." You know what I mean? Like I, I remember, like somewhere in my memory that that is that is embedded because obviously we were lucky at that time because ESPN and the games became more more. We had moved from a space of you know in the history in 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 this country, the only NBA you could get was um, a show called This Week in the NBA. This is in the beginning, so I'm talking about early days. Yeah. This Week in the NBA, which was a CNN program that ran from 12 midnight, like 12 to 12.30. So that was your NBA. And then obviously things like NBA action and this, you know, um, the one with Ahmad Rashad and Willow Smith. And then then ESPN Inside stuff. arrived. Inside stuff, that's the one. And then ESPN came with... So this period... I, I, the basketball, we we were happy. I mean, you know what I mean. Like we could watch the games. So I remember that clearly. But I think what's what was what struck me watching the documentary about this was the idea of the renegotiation. Yeah. And everybody can talk about a contract and so on. But what is a contract if we don't relook at it? Because at the time he signed that contract, which because of the backstory you understand his family and where he was coming from. But as the salaries rose and also as his skill went up, this idea of like, you know, there is an option to renegotiate and the, the, the total refusal, which no, I'm not, you know, it's everybody has their right to do it, but it's just interesting to me, the idea of the non-renegotiation that it's also possible to go downstairs and say, look, man, when you sign that this, but don't worry, we'll take care of you or we'll make space for you. And the fact that that conversation didn't seem to be on the table for both Jerry's, uh, was was just sad when when you when you look back at it because it it feels when you look with this lens it it felt unnecessary but I know in the time nobody has the you know no one no one has the twenty twenty um, hindsight or foresight yeah yeah um, yeah I mean 
I think what what might have also been uh, 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 um, a stumbling block for Pippen was that he maybe waited a bit too long before he started to, you know, to for for this thing to really start to bother him. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Because what happened was this: the 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 franchise already started to be started to become really profitable you know it, it already it already became bigger than 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 the players which is what which is pretty much what happened right the brand became bigger than the players yes there's mj but you know as we can see now the you know the the bull um, mj and, and pippen have long retired and the bulls are still the brand so in other words now the the franchise became much larger than the players so i feel like mm. pippen waited too long oh and i don't know who his agent was i mean we, they need to do uh, a 30 for 30 on Pippen's agent You know, on the real Because that guy, he doesn't have The Mamba mentality at all because, Yeah man No, he doesn't, I mean no okay, now Let's just keep it real, he doesn't I mean, I, I mean, I, me and you spoke yesterday I, I get, I can see the rationale And the reasoning behind why He he signed that contract to begin with In, 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 in 91 You know, he, want, he needed a surefire thing You know, this is a guy that wasn't even supposed to. I mean, dude wasn't even supposed to be in the NBA. He wasn't even supposed to get selected, you know. And now you're in your in a equipment equipment manager, you know, at, at, at an NIA at, at an NAIA school <laughs> equipment manager. You know what I mean? Not at yeah. Kentucky, not at, at 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 North Carolina. You know, at Central mm, Arkansas. Mm, mm. So, um, you know, I feel like he feel like he felt at the time that he lucked out, and in his mind, he was probably like, "Shit, it's not going to get any better than this." You know, I better not be an idiot and I better milk this for all it's worth. And, um, you know, unfortunately for him, that was at a time when, when, the, when the Bulls started winning. And this is a shout out to David Stern. Um, the NBA started to really take reins and become the, gro- the global brand that it has now turned into, you know, this global giant. Yes. Everything, just like you were saying, everything is about timing, you know. And um, it just so happened that when MJ was becoming... MJ, you know, the global dynamic was also evolving, which then also changed the whole dynamic around media rights and, and how games were consumed and how money and revenue was made for not just the league, but the players. And that's something that, you know, um, uh, you know, to his testament, you know, I'll give him credit for. I mean, you can't foresee like now we're in a, we're in a situation, we're in a pandemic that, you know, in January, certain moves were being made. And now it is, you know, it's April and the whole, everything has just completely changed, you know, um, yeah, and things yeah. now need to be re readjusted. Um, and your ability to now, um, you know, kind of align with the, with the, what everyone's calling the new normal is what's kind of going to put you, you know, is what's going to put you on top or, or give you a bit of uh, leeway or head start or whatever it is you want to call it. So he, unfortunately, just yeah, I, I think, I think that, you're right. You know? Um, so and 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 people yeah. are gonna people are gonna shit on him quite a bit, and they need they, they need to understand that as well, you know. So it's not just you know Pippen was an idiot or his or his um his 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 um agent was 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 an idiot. They need to realize if you're if you're a basketball you know scholar, you'll know that there were certain dynamics that happened that changed the whole league mm. from the point that he signed till I'll say like two three years later. The NBA was a different place. Yeah. The NBA was a different place. 92 Barcelona happened. Dream Team became the Dream Team. NBA, boom, catapults into this other beast. 
So if mm. you signed a contract in '91 that was long term, you 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 got yourself a pro- if you're one of the the best players at least, you know, then you've got yourself a problem. Flip the scenario over. Say Scottie Pippen got injured, signed let's say a two year contract, and then you know ruptures his his his, his Achilles in '93. Then mm. he's screwed, you know. No, you're right. I mean, look, no, no one knows, and I think I think what was good about what was good about the documentary and and, and what um, what we can look forward to is is how obviously the spine of the season is the is the through line and how they go back and and take the and take the different. Um, Take the different characters, so you see, you know, they flash back to Pippen in episode two. Um, next week is going to be Dennis Rodman. Later on in the series, Steve Kerr and obviously Phil Jackson's story, and just bringing these backstories uh, to the present. Like I said, I really enjoy the structure of of how of how they've made the documentary and letting us understand. I mean, even with Michael Jordan, letting us understand. Superman's origins, you know? <laughs> um, and even though you've heard the story, little nuggets like the letter he wrote to his mom, even the the fact that James Worthy was the best player on that team. Yeah. And, you know, and I thought, you know, Worthy, there's so many great quotes in the documentary when Worthy is like, yeah, I was the best player for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that was dope. Um, the one, and the one thing I think I really liked about it as well was the reminder with Jordan on the podium and you, you forget that you forget because he says, you know, we have to, we should be given the right again is that thing of renegotiation. And, and sometimes this, this wanting to tear something down to build up again, which, um, you know, Jerry Krause takes up that space in the, in the film, in the documentary, but this idea of we should be allowed to defend our title and, and that. And that they weren't, I think, even at the time, I thought was madness. I thought it was crazy. I was like, let them lose at least. Um, and 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 watching the documentary reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the things that that made Jerry Krause very successful, which I think he doesn't get enough credit for, is um, all of the success that he had, um, was uh, at the end of it kind of, I don't want to say his downfall because, I mean, that's another thing. We can't say Jerry Krause had an unsuccessful career. You know, this guy literally, he he created the global brand that is the Chicago Bulls. But unfortunately, you know, he got in his own way as well. And he, he was part of, of, of the reason why that dynasty eventually, um, you know, kind of crashed and burned before, or prematurely, before it really needed. Yeah. The one thing that that I have to mention is uh, the deep cuts of the music that was played in the documentary. Yeah. And now, when Ain't No Joke, Eric B and Rakim, or I'm Bad, LL Cool J, especially the I'm Bad one, which I don't know if you know this, but yesterday was the anniversary of that 63-point game. Yes. So just to hear the LL I'm Bad over that, I was just like, you know what? You, you, You had me. You already had me. At the last day. Now, in fact, <laughs> I'm all I'm 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 double down. I'm I'm you know. Um, it was so great to hear the music, and they spoke about how they wanted to. Um, they're either going to be faithful to the year or the era. So you heard, you know, you heard your Mason Puffy there. You know, you heard the strings of Biggie. But listen, coming up, apparently we're going to get 
The choice is yours. Black Sheep, you're going to see some Naughty by Nature. There's Prince, Beastie Boys, Tribe Called Quest, Special Ed, Nas, Lauren Hill, KRS-One. So, I mean, these guys, uh, shout out to the production team and, 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 and everything they've done because basketball has always reflected the culture and, and it's just nice to see it. So these young way. guys are going to get a real... A real schooling, huh? For the next couple of weeks, like you know. This is the online. This is the online schooling for the yeah. rest of the. <laughs> <laughs> what is your take on um, on uh, the 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 personalities that are gonna be focused on? I mean, in, I I think I think Tony uh, Tony Kukoc needs to get more love, man. Look, I mean, obviously, I'm 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 being a bit premature with this because we don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm seeing yeah. a lot of Steve Kerr. And uh, yeah, Steve Kerr was 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 an integral part of the team. I mean, he had a few big shots, but Tony Kukoc, man, Tony Kukoc yes, was yes. was the guy. Yeah, Tony I, Kukoc I, was the guy. Yeah. I mean, this is I, a guy that literally Pippen fought with Phil Jackson in the middle of a timeout because Phil Jackson ran a play for this dude. Pippen yeah. refuses to get back on. Do you remember that play when Pippen refuses to get of back course, on court? Of course, of course. Tony Kukoc goes. They run the play as scheduled, and Tony Kukoc hits the buzzer beat at the you know at the end of the game. They win yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, a pressure yeah. one where they were down by one. He hits the, the, the shot, and they win the game. Look, I mean, I mean, I agree with you because I think that obviously. Scotty, I mean, and I know that particular incident and that incident, uh, Pippen apologized to his teammates and also knowing where it was coming from, the history. But here's what I'll say about Kukoc that I think is interesting. And I really hope, like you, I hope they go in there because if you think about it, but I, and, and, and I've only rationalized it as a basketball player, is that they all recognized that he was a good player. Like he was, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think, Apart from the, you know, there were, I remember the time Pippen said Kukoc couldn't guard a chair. Um, you saw last night, Jordan goes up to me and says, I'm going to scream. I'm going to scream at you. Obviously, in the dream team, when they played them, they were like, Kukoc said his, his, his teammates was like, yo, what's going on? What did you do to these, these people? <laughs> the fact that he came onto that team, the fact that you saw, you know, Pippen is diving for the loose ball, Passing the ball to Kukoc, Kukoc dunks, they win that championship. I think that as a player, they understood his skills the same way they understood Dennis Rodman's skills. Yeah. But I've always, like you, I've always been curious from Kukoc's point of view, and I've always wondered that he probably was like, these guys, man, mm. their problem is not with me. Their problem is with Jerry Krause, and it has nothing to do with me. Sure. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to play here. And I'm just going to get on with it because because it is a curious case of why has no one ever asked Kukoc like how did you how did you what was your mentality going in to play that team yeah play with that team I mean and how did you cope because because <laughs> you know it could and maybe and maybe you know maybe it will see some of it here or, or, or I must go back into the archive and see but Kukoc is an interesting person because of that and. Again, Jerry Krause wasn't wrong. He did contribute to those teams. He did. That's what I'm saying. Jerry Krause, he did a lot, man. I mean, he he really did his thing. I mean, he was. I think his 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 role, unfortunately, got it's overshadowed by all of the negativity and and the beef that he had with the two you know greatest players in 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 team history. 
So, um, but I might disagree with you there because I don't. I mean, look, he's in the Hall of Fame. So, and also, I I don't think the issue. I think it was what you, we said earlier. He got in his own way, and sometimes your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. Sure. And I I remember reading Phil Jackson saying something like, you know, there's that proverb: success has many followers. You know, failure has none. So there was so much success. Um, and I think they even mentioned it yesterday. It's like uh, in the documentary. It's like if we're all getting success, who, who, you know what I mean? Like who, who can deal with the fact that I'm part of the team and I, I don't have to be the person? You know what I mean? Sure. And it it it's, it seems to me, and everybody has echoed that that Kraus seemed to um, it was not enough. It was not enough. And this idea of let me show them that I can do it by myself again haunted him. And, and when he did do it, it, it never it never worked. The Bulls have not been relevant for a long time. Yeah, true, true. I mean, I, I think someone mentioned it in the, in the, in the docu yesterday. Um, he, I think there was more of a, a personality flaw there, you know, of, um, of just trying to be accepted doing all this great stuff but not getting the 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 type of recognition that that um that that he wanted you know a little bit of insecurity you know might be whatever the physical part of it or whatever you know what i mean a short fat guy the fat kid you know always getting teased whatever whatever um and you know you you say that and you know almost say it in jest but these things do have a lot of um a lot of merit i mean when you when you take a closer look into just you know human behavior and how we kind of get shaped over the years if if this is you know that it, it, it's a it's a real thing basically you know what i mean it's not something to kind of downplay um you know that that need for acceptance when you've been when you've you know grown up your whole life and you know you're not getting the love you need in fact not even that you, you you're literally getting teased all the time and then you get into a situation where you create this 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 team this, this successful team you were there from the beginning you are the architect that builds it puts it all together and then you end up still not getting the love the two best players have absolutely no love for you and now you're almost it's almost like you're back in in grade school getting teased you know for being the short fat kid because that's exactly you know you saw that in the in the in the docky that's exactly what mj and pippen were doing literally you know they were almost they were almost in taking it at a high school level you know what i mean like calling this dude like calling this guy out in front of everyone they were really i mean they were being they were bullying the guy okay now that's the one thing that i i, I felt a bit uneasy about they literally were bullying the guy it was even uncomfortable to watch well, I think I think like again, it's 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 complex and it's human. So he didn't, you know, he didn't do it. You know, he did he didn't do himself any favors. Again, is what I was saying. This idea of the compromise and how do you how do you adapt? You know, Phil Jackson says it in the documentaries. Like people change. So yes, you gave me the job, but you gave me the job because you saw something in me. So so you you also have to understand that people change you, you coming into a season and you say i don't care if you go 82 and 0 it's your last season i mean how not to win friends and influence people you know what i mean it's not so i i think i think that it's it's complex and I, and i don't think he should be i think in the same breath that he should be he's acknowledged as creating the you know of course he should also take responsibility for his own role in also souring those relationships. You can't have your daughter's wedding and then you don't invite. I mean, it's like, th these are things you don't do. Even if you feel like that's what you should do. Yeah. No, I get you. <laughs> Look, 
it's a fascinating it's a fascinating documentary um we're looking forward to it you're gonna we're gonna be doing some deep cuts continually uh over the period so next week looking forward to what dennis has to say looking forward to the pistons bad boys and more and more gems so from me signing out the smoothness yeah baby see you next week no doubt man can't wait i'm counting down the days (laughs) cool peace all right bro